Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. various how-tos. Tessa, Hello. you're here too. I am. And would you like to be in a relationship with me? Um, no, thank you, but thank you for asking. Thank you. Thank um, you. It's always we, good to ask. It's important first. to ask. Number one. Number one. Number one top tip, please ask. Number two, we'll introduce who's with us. It is broadcaster and psychotherapist Lucy Beresford. Thank you so much for coming in and talking to us about non-monogamy, which is what we're going to be discussing today. And right off the bat, before we started recording, you were talking about the differences between non-monogamy and polyamory. There's so much to talk about. Absolutely. Um, but before we get into it, do you want to explain to us a little bit about, you know, how, what your sort of job is and like how you work with kind of non-monogamy, you know, like wh- why is it your speciality? <laughs> <laughs> All sorts of things are my speciality. Of course. I don't turn anything down. Uh, right. Firstly, thank you for having me. Thank you so much uh, for being here. And giving me the chance to chat, just to have conversations. I love having conversations with people. Uh, so I'm a, a broadcaster and a psychotherapist my clinical work is around relationships and sex and my previous you know LBC shows and Times radio shows are very much around relationships and expanding people's knowledge because I think people can be very nervous that everyone else knows everything and they're mm. the only one that doesn't know mm. what to do or what to say or what certain words mean or what certain techniques are available so my big mission is to demystify anything to do with relationships or sex and I work as I say in broadcast media but also one-to-one clinically sometimes with couples as well but it's interesting couples work has more of a vision of it being about relationship problems like after Mm. something like infidelity and I think sometimes what happens is that people want the space just to talk about things on their own with a therapist before they then go back into their relationship and start to have conversations for example around do I want to be non-monogamous? And that I find a really interesting moment. I think there's a bit of a a momentum at the moment, maybe a bit of a zeitgeist. Yeah, I've I've read loads of things in the last sort of, five years about it whereas before it For was sure. such a not it was such a like a oh it's a very non-mainstream basically and now it feels like quite a mainstream it wasn't concept. mainstream and I think what's been happening is that more conversations have been taking place particularly in the media and you've got a company like Ashley Madison for example who are the world's leading married dating website people they've brought out some research recently around whether 
the model of monogamy is really dead in the water, that actually people wow. are feeling a little bit more, if I'm going to live to 120, can I imagine being with the same person for possibly 80 or 90 years? Is that actually mm. a model that is sustainable? So I think what's happening is that people are reflecting on what their needs, what their desires are, and they're looking for ways to make their relationships fulfilling without necessarily wanting to end that primary relationship. So what Ashley Madison would say is, okay, well, how do you have conversations with your partner around saying, I kind of want more, I've been thinking about different things, how do you feel Mm -hmm. about it? (laughs) Some of the work that I've actually been doing with them, with, with Ashley Madison, is around, okay, well, what could those conversations look like? Where would they take place? And what would happen at the end of it? So what we've been looking at about are things like almost drawing up a couple's contract. Not not that I'm talking about getting lawyers involved. This isn't <laughs> right. about, you know, spending money in any shape or form. It's about just having conversations and sitting and talking about your relationship. And even if you're not interested in non-monogamy, that's a really good thing to do with your partner anyways, to have constant conversations mm. about yeah. where we're going, what do you live, like, what do you not like? Because yeah. we, you know, our desires evolve over time. I'm sure you've had experience of that. Listeners yeah. would have had experience of the fact that the person you are, yeah, five, ten years ago is very different to the person you are now, particularly sexually or romantically. God, it's fascinating. I wonder if at like dinner parties, if you say what you do, um, people say, and do you do like sex coaching? And then they're like, and is it naked? <laughs> So I, I think Wasn't that's expecting that as a question. That's no. what's known as a projection. That sure. actually you're assuming that everyone will be asking the question that you secretly have been thinking about. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you're blushing. So I know that's true. Yeah. Uh, certainly, when I do say what my job is, there is that one niche that is much more interesting for everybody else. They're not really interested in me talking about anything other than. Than sex, which just proves my point, which yeah, is that yeah. absolutely everybody is curious about sex and what everyone else is doing, and are they doing yeah. it more than me, and are they better than me? And because people can talk about it quite honestly, but honestly is in massive quotation marks because you're still projecting a certain image of yourself, and you still, you know, like like with the kind of Sex in the City era, women were sort of felt like they could be a bit more outrageous about sex. But then there was this whole. I remember when I used to be a journalist in like the, the 2010s. This the whole point of it was to be like um, alternative to the kind of sanitised view of sex or like how to please your man. So it was all like, no, all these crazy things that women should be doing. And quite a few of us were like, oh, I just want to have a nice missionary position. What's wrong That's with right. that? We and love being strangled. Yeah. No, no, we really don't. <laughs> Sometimes you don't. You, yeah, exactly. So it's, But I think of- there's also that fear. People reveal that they're going to give something away, that when someone says, so um, do lots of people fantasise about nuns? Uh, they, they, <laughs> yeah. You know that you're kind of revealing something about yourself and therefore, people don't want to do that they don't want to give anything away whereas in fact what really is at the heart of everything is we just want to have that really deep and safe connection and but I wanted to just pick up on what you said about and the difference between like the words that we're using so non-monogamy because obviously when you read these articles they'll often talk about polyamory or and I don't know if they're being sort of you can't really tell if it's being quite broad and they're just sort of saying that because that's like the hot word at the moment or what it means so like Mm. what what are the different terms for basically not being monogamous yeah so monogamy is obviously um sticking with one person and being committed to that one person and non-monogamy is the umbrella term for other ideas which could be so you stay in your primary couple and then you make a decision to have someone else or multiple others 
And then you make a decision, is this going to be just about sex? Is it just going to be about emotional connection? Is it going to be short-term, long-term? Are we always going to meet as a threesome or a foursome or a fivesome? Or is it that I'm going to be here anchoring it and you go out and then you anchor and I go out? So lots of different variations. And polyamory in particular, I think for a lot of people, again, the words, the terms are so fluid. They can often mean just what the couple wants them to mean or even an individual. But for polyamory, it would probably be more about saying we're going to have more than one other. We're going to have and, and we might and we might interchange that over a period of time and we'll have but we'll only have that person because we know they live in a different town or a different country and they only come in infrequently. All sorts of options are up for grabs. You, in a way, as a couple, decide what that term means for you. And some people really shy away from the term polyamory because they think it has a negative connotation, which is a bit unfortunate because for some people it really works. Mm. But people who haven't been involved in it can be very judgmental. Well, they can be very judgmental about non-monogamy right off the bat, and which is why I'm... I think it's really important to recognise that you're not necessarily even going to have a conversation with your partner and they agree to it. They, mm. It might be something that feels yeah. really it's quite intriguing for you. Have, it's a very it? difficult conversation. What if they say no and, and, then, and then you're just like living your life being like, they, they want to have sex with other people, <laughs> you know? And that, that mm. must be quite tricky. But if you think about it, that could happen at any stage in a relationship. You might actually say, it's really important to me that I see my parents every Sunday and they, the other people don't really like that. And then you're sitting there thinking, I'm, I'm in a situation where there's a conflict between yes. what they mm. want. Or it could be, as it's in the true, sexual yeah. area, it's like, I really like spanking. <laughs> I really don't like spanking. So what are we going to do? Is it a deal breaker? Mm. Do, is it, does it actually mean that all the other amazing things that we have are now going to be thrown out the window because every once in a while you want to do this thing and it just really doesn't turn me on at all. So that that kind of conversation could be being had at any stage. It doesn't have to just be about monogamy. But I do mm. think, again, when I was working with Ashley Madison about how to talk about this topic, I had, in a way, three main pillars. The first is do the work on yourself to really work out whether this is actually what you want to introduce as a conversation topic, mm-hmm. because there's no point in just, or actually what could happen is that they could be listening to your podcast and they could use that as a jumping off point to say, I was listening to this. I have been thinking about this for some time. Um, so I'd really like to talk to you about it, but definitely do some work on yourself so that it's not just some random thing that you think about one day and then talk about the next, because it is quite a big ask to go into a relationship say I'd like to completely upend how we do this and Mm. and how many people are involved in it it's quite hard as well to know what I find it quite interesting how little sometimes I know what I want like I'll think I want something about anything and then actually when I when I sort of sit with it I'll be like it's actually I wanted this which was completely different so I suppose yeah well that's a classic example actually because people might think I think I really want to start talking about introducing a third person Whereas in fact, what they're really saying is, I'm really bored in this relationship Mm, or I'm really frustrated or I can't see it going any further and I kind of want one half, one foot in and one foot out. So I think it's really important to be very honest with yourself about why you might be wanting to introduce this. Mm -hmm. Is it because you can genuinely see yourself with your primary partner for the next 50 years doing this new variation on a theme or do you want out? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, or are you just very bored? Have you been married for 20 years? Uh, the kids are 10 years old and off doing their own thing. And you're now looking around thinking, what do we do? What do we do for the next 30 years? So yeah. be the, in my view is initially be very mindful about why you're presenting this. And if you're absolutely certain that it's something you really want to introduce, then initiate the conversation. And that's the next bit of the pillar is how to have that conversation. Yeah. And it's really important, in my view, that you prep it so that it's a very serious conversation you you take it seriously you don't just suddenly you're not driving to Sainsbury's and looking for a parking space and suddenly say oh by the way um (laughs) that's other supermarkets are available it doesn't work for any supermarket actually yeah this is a conversation it's all I'm saying yeah um (laughs) but kind of say to your partner I really love our relationship and I've been thinking about this thing that maybe we could do. I was wondering whether we could have a really good conversation about it, maybe over dinner, maybe we could go for that walk on Sunday that we'd always promised ourselves, but set aside a goodly amount of time to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the conversation, talk about what you want, but also listen, do a lot of listening to hear how that's received. Because of course, you may find that they say, oh, I'm so glad you've said that because I've been thinking about exactly the same thing. And that, that would be amazing. Dream, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's what you want to happen. And then they may not. They may yes. be very. I imagine quite defensive would be because because I'm uh, I've sort of been I'm a, a non non monogamist, which is uh, monogamy. Um, and I if if my partner sort of started to talk about that, I imagine I'd feel quite stressed. But if he wasn't kind of like picking up on the signals and just kind of like absolutely bulldozing and just keeping going, you'd be like stop. <laughs> so you have to, I suppose, really look at the the body language of the person yep. and like because also as well, like initially it might be something that they kind of go, oh my gosh, but then when you talk more about it, they might kind of mm-hmm. I've got a few friends that are in um non-monogamous relationships and apart from the fact that every time they talk about it, I'm always like, so how does it work? Like, what's the admin like? Like, what are the rules? And I always find it interesting about how they came to that agreement. And often it's it's really quite early on. And it's like something that they both sort of knew going in and then they decided to do. But it does seem like, yeah, just the crucial thing is just being on the same page as your as your partner, making yeah. sure that you're that you're not you're not just sort of bulldozing the relationship. One person that I know had that conversation and their partner was very receptive, but that's because their partner is quite a passive and receptive and was like in their heads like, okay, well, I suppose that's what they want and that's what I have to do to keep them. Mm. And that's very difficult. Like it's very yeah. difficult and of course it doesn't work out, but it is fascinating. Although again, I would stress that that happens in relationships all the time. Of course there are all does. sorts of choices. Yeah. People have kids because they're too passive and the other person mm. said, mm. Like, let's have kids or let's not have kids. Yeah. The conversation and the conversation compromise and all the stuff is like it happens with all the things all the time people being like I want to watch Spurs every Saturday all day and the other person's like I don't yeah. this is this difficult conversation is only a sex thing being like it's actually you have it all the time all with the your time. partner yeah. every day about everything and this yeah. compromise is exactly what you know what you said there about like people make that compromise or that passive decision with so many things in their yeah. life and it there's negotiation happen. that mm. happens a lot and sometimes we don't know that we're negotiating and sometimes we give things away because, in fact, they're very easy to give away. And other, other times we're really, as you say, defensive about the things that feel very protective and feel very important to us. And this is a classic example where someone is going to have to break cover and say, this is actually what I've been thinking about. How does that sound? And you're right, it might 
take a bit of time. You'll definitely need, I'm sure, to have more than one conversation. Mm. And what I say to some of my clients is, you know, be prepared. If it's really, really important for you, you might have to play a long game. You might have to introduce them to this podcast. You might have to send them to YouTube to watch videos so that they can become acclimatised. You'll know your partner's style. You have to kind of warm them up in a way to get them to to change their mind about something. But once you are on the same page, that's where the couple's contract comes in, this document, which again, I don't want to make it sound like anything really heavy hitting, but it is unbelievably helpful to have things written down Mm -hmm. because in the joy of the moment of, yes, let's do it. We're really enthusiastic. Mm. It's going to be brilliant. You need to make some ground rules and say, what is the admin going to be? How Mm. does it get structured? And also what happens if some of the rules are broken? Um, Mm, And you'd probably have a similar situation, although you don't go on a second date and say, so how do you deal with infidelity? If we were (laughs) to get married and 10 years down the line, no one has those conversations. Mm. But this is a brilliant opportunity to actually sit down and say, so what would we do if, you know, how do we address things like safe sex? Is this just going to be about sex or is it going to be about emotional engagement what happens if one of us gets jealous everything is down there and in a funny way all couples ought to be having conversations of this depth a lot of the time but we forget to do it we get into these little safe grooves and Mm. but actually what you need to be doing is having conversations all the time whether you're monogamous or non-monogamous about yeah but where are we going what do you really love what do you miss it's come under the umbrella of non-monogamy, but I would love all couples to be doing this to like have a relationship yeah, audit at the end of it, every year. Oh yeah, a relationship audit. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. If your partner is unfaithful and you're in a monogamous relationship, you both sort of need to be on the same page with what would happen if that yeah. happened, you know, or even if it's like, even if that isn't actually, because when it actually happens, I imagine it feels very different to academically discussing it. I've given a TED talk on that. Oh, and great. And the TED talk title really draws you in because I think it is that particular dilemma, which is infidelity 
to stay or to go. Yeah. Because in theory, everyone's like, no strikes. That you, you, yeah. you do that to me and you are out. But actually the reality and what I've seen in my work with my clients is all too readily people are like, but I've been with this person my whole adult life or I've been yeah. married for 10 years or we have two children together or whatever the reason is, I love that person and now and now this has happened. So it isn't just a case of, of going. So yeah. so now what are the options? And I think that's absolutely right in a monogamous relationship and in a non-monogamous as well. You'd say, that's fine, we're cool, we're chilled, we're modern, you can do your own thing and actually what then happens, people feel very differently. So I think that contract, um, I think it also needs to be audited or monitored. Mm. I can't think of the right word. Yeah, like Almost updated yeah. if one well, of you changes exactly. their mind. Let's feel. look at it. Let's look at it after a month. I always say after the first month for sure because it could flare up all sorts of really interesting things or mobilise different emotions. Um, and then maybe once you're in the rhythm of it, maybe every six months, maybe then at least every year. But that's because I think every relationship should have a relationship order like at the end of it. Yeah, yeah. Be yeah. I so love nice. doing that. I love I, that. <laughs> I um, I follow a lot of um, Reddit forum in which people ask advice um, from the internet and people sort of screenshot the best ones and put them on Twitter. And one of them was a man who I think had two, an American, two kids and was bored with his wife and had... It suggested they open up the marriage, which he imagined would be him having all this like hot sex. And then he wrote, he wrote something like, I absolutely fucked it. Um, I haven't got a single date and she's having the time of her life. <laughs> and uh, I want to, can I now say, let's go back to how we were? And you're like, no, and she should leave you. Like, <laughs> and that was what the you should, you should definitely have a relationship audit, sir. Yeah, you <laughs> have a relationship, exactly. And I think there's so many people who don't go through this bravery of the relationship audit. And actually, so many relationships deserve to be looked at to be like, maybe this MOT, this car is un, not roadworthy anymore. Yeah. And we have to be brave and be like, this doesn't serve either of us. But there's also, I think there's a fear that maybe that's where the fear of having an audit comes from because maybe it comes from that with me sometimes in old in past relationships they've been not good like I haven't wanted to talk about it because I'm frightened of what will come out and I think there's this thing of like um your relationship has to be sort of this or it's not right like red flags or we mm. if we disagree on this one fundamental thing well does that mean that we shouldn't be together whereas actually you can work through lots of differences but like, so for example, if that man had had a conversation, like it might be that mm -hmm. they can actually work out something that allows both of them to be really happy. But it is that like all or nothing where we're all like, well, that's happened. So I suppose the relationship's over. Well, that's why effort. I gave the TED talk actually, because I thought it was very unfair. And you get a lot of critiques from outside. Of course, Everyone's yeah. saying, leave him, don't get rid of her. Everyone else chimes in and, and tells you what they think because they're coming at it from their own perspective. Yeah. And I think that you can only really get the connection that you want intimately if you're prepared to be vulnerable. So that husband who's now feeling, you know, dateless and Norman mm. no mates and his wife's off having the time of her life, it's going to be really brave to go to her and say, I made a mistake and I'm jealous of what you have, but I really, it made me value you even more or whatever else he might say. That honesty is so important in a relationship and you're absolutely right you can definitely move past that we all know couples who've been married for sort of you know 30 40 50 years and everyone wants to know the secret of that because they imagine that it's been this incredible happy 30 or 40 or 50 years and what you discover is no there was a lot of really difficult stuff and, and there might have been times where they all thought I'm gonna leave and, and unfortunately for many women that 
was an option that wasn't available for mm. them maybe a generation ago because of you know finances or whatever and before that stigma so things have changed but a lot of the time it's about muddling through and mm. just saying we are going to get through this together having said which as i said if the infidelity is repeated i think it's fine to stay and work it through but if you then discover that there's a pattern yeah. and that every three years or every mm. every, every time they change a job or you know or yeah. whatever if you discover that you're on the receiving end of a serial cheater then you definitely have my permission to go <laughs> yes. But also it, that's, mm. that, that's a breach of the couple's contract, isn't it? Because it's like, it, it, it's a monogamous relationship and okay, there's been a transgression, shall we say, and everyone's moved past it and the, and the work that both of you, but mainly the person who's been cheated on, has had to do to get back to the level of like forgiveness, then it's betrayed again. So it's similar to the, with, but with the non-monogamist contract you know say if it was like okay we're gonna we only have sex with people uh in in this sort of particular way or like if you go off and have sex with someone that's fine but it's not an emotional connection then you find out that they have actually been each couple has their own sense of what is betrayal or what is oh my goodness absolutely while you were talking i was thinking of uh, a friend of mine and she was very clear she had said to her husband who's also a friend of mine if you were to have a sort of drunken snog at the office party, we can talk about that. You know, even if it was a one night stand, we can definitely talk about it. But if it's if it's more than that, then we can't. Mm-hmm. And he's always known that that's, that's the leeway I've got. Mm. You need to work out what you as the couple can sustain, what your mm. rules are going to be. And that's why it's really important that there are moments where outside influence doesn't really get brought to bear and the couple's contract is a classic example of that it's got to be what the two of you want singing from the same song sheet you you must have seen and worked with lots of uh, non-monogamous people and so you've seen the sort of pitfalls as well of like you know what can go wrong would you say that the couple's contract is one and like basically not being on the same page is one of the main sort of things that you see that go wrong um no the thing that goes wrong is is that the human heart is hard to predict and that the person with every good intention will go in saying, I I do not see this as being an emotional engagement. It's purely going to be about sex. It's going to be about fun, spontaneity, frivolity. We're going to bring new energy in and one of them falls in love or one of them finds that the connection is just too deep. And that ha- I, I, I'm going to have to be honest and say that that's what I've observed in every single non-monogamous relationship that I've had to work with. Now, clearly... There's a bias selection that's a self-selecting <laughs> universe of people because they are now coming to see me because there has become a problem. Yes. But nevertheless, it's theoretically true that the problems could be different. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying to you that it's always the same problem. I did biological anthropology at university and I was always specialised in primates and monkey penises. Loved it. Was always very clear that like humans aren't supposed to be monogamous and that um, sex and love are like two separate things. And in my current relationship, current sounds like I might leave it any time <laughs> but I we it's very we do have a bit of a now listen it's completely theoretical and we've never done it but we had this sort of couples contract that was like we both travel quite a lot and it's like if you're in a different city and there's flirting and kissing fine live your life what happens on tour stays what on happens tour. on tour yeah. stays on tour and I was very clear like you just have to tell me because like, the lying is the part of it that I don't care for because I think the power of the cheating and something happening behind my back I don't want to know but, but I, I want you to tell me 
And I was very clear, like, you can, if they're really hot and I, and like famous and you're like, come on. <laughs> I, I met this actress, like, of course I have sex with her. Yeah, because I, like, I have a pass, at, in, just in case he's listening to your podcast, Daniel Craig, if he comes knocking. Fair. Yeah, I yeah, have, right. Uh, he's a big so fan. Like, I, I would never, ever stop you if like, Daniel Craig, if, you know, Megan Fox showed up at a party and was like, I'd be like, obviously go for your life, you know, mm-hmm. you must. Um, but I was very clear, like, there's not to be any laughing. You, there's no laughing. If you laugh with somebody else, You're having a fun time. Yeah. I, 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 no, that's a no. And it's really because it is theoretical, and we've not done it. Like, but those are the rules. Like, it's really easy for me to be like, yes, you can have this completely sexual, hot sex with Megan Fox, and tell me about it afterwards. I, it's and been why my, would the laughter be such a thing for you? Because that's that, the emotional bond. That's the that's the that's the emotional bond bit of like I don't want to laughing with somebody else because if he's laughing with some, that's the thing about like the sex thing is so like physical and it's like going zip lining with somebody like it's so separate it? yeah it's so <laughs> is that what sex is like you know it's just a physical thing whereas the laughing is this emotional connection and the thought of him laughing with somebody else is is very stressful for me but the thought of him having sex with megan fox is sort of fine like it's like but if him and megan are like getting a bagel in the morning <laughs> like that's so sad oh. so like I think so no, so no bagels or no bagel thing. oh yeah no no actually has to, no brunch that's not allowed okay yeah you it's sit. basically just sex nothing else yeah, is, is but, yeah. Saying, yeah. But, but I think okay. it's so easy for me to set these rules and say this stuff and then exactly what you said there about the emote that's where it goes wrong that is the downfall that is in my heart of hearts has been like that's what, what I think. What if? Because what, what if he's laughing Megan with Fox Megan is quite Fox? Funny, yeah. Because like you, you might be having a one night stand and then she cracks some absolute classic gags. You're like, well, now I'm. Well, I can't leave now. That would be the break of the contract. That would be the those consequences are too much. That's too hard for me. Um, so in fact, the idea of a couple's contract for no a non-monogamous does. relationship is is a bit of a no-brainer. I think most yeah. people listening to this will recognise that actually that's not something really weird or something really novel that actually on some level even if it's not actively written down I, I don't know whether you've you know no we didn't it's not it written into down a sample it's framed, framed on your yeah, wall exactly yeah. I embroidered it yeah. um, goes in his luggage everywhere so he always knows the rules <laughs> it's in my passport yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sorry it's just yeah um, I think every couple would understand that there are these rules that get created and sometimes they're not really spoken about but mm. everybody knows you don't do that that's the line yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's just that this make it this makes it more healthy this is about saying you know on the 8th of june 2023 we did agree that in an ideal world we wouldn't fall in love we would only have it for this we'd only have maybe one extra marital partner at a time we're not going to tell your parents we're not going to tell the children. You know, all sorts of yeah. things can come into play. Are we going to tell any of our friends? That's really interesting. Um, are we going to go on holidays with these people? Oh, How would you no. feel if they babysat? <laughs> I'm not going on holiday with Megan Fox. No, thank you. I like you. how it's always Megan Fox. Like, <laughs> it's so interesting, like, isn't it? Of like what people's boundaries would be and how you've got to have these conversations with your person because people might be so different. And I'm like, do we say tell our friends? Do we go on holiday with them? These are these like huge questions. Because maybe you let a friend in, then suddenly you've got other people's judgment that other people's, may yeah. sway your feelings. Yeah. Sorry, and now everyone's, exactly, exactly. No, no, you're completely agreeing. Like other people's opinions are here. People are going, you know, Stevie goes on holiday with Megan Fox now. And she's the third. <laughs> and and really, Tessa's <laughs> partner. She's the the wheel. Stevie. Yeah. She's just watching Stevie's Tessa's partner just there. with Megan Fox. <laughs> <laughs> remember being like, God, but what are they up to? But like, maybe, I don't know, maybe what you're saying about like, all these couples that make it for 40 years, like everyone's got their own personal thing going on. I don't know if you saw um, 
season two of White Lotus. But there was this absolutely toxic mm-hmm. but extremely hot American couple who were both of them dreadful people and they were cheating on each other. But the sort of message at the end of it was that like they were making their marriage work. Like they were very in love and they were very happy. And while what they were doing was sort of mad, they did have this sort of unwritten contract and it was... She was a bit sad though. I did get that did impression. There's a, there's a lot of wistfulness and then she sort of banged his friend to kind of like get back at him. I think like there's a... But did, it, did it's she, still kind I don't of know that she did... She walked did, onto the island with the other Oh one, yeah, maybe she? I'm re-reading re- it back. But like I really felt like they were quite genuinely... It did show that things work even if traditionally you'd go, God, leave him. Yeah. Like, why yeah. should she leave him? That's my point, actually, yeah. that you never really know what's, you never really know what the unconscious fit is for mm. people, the reason why we get together, which is usually to do with kind of childhood trauma and childhood unresolved issues that we're often seeking, um, you know, to repair something from, from our past in our present relationships. And therefore, oh God, that's really... why it is, that's a whole other episode. Sorry, I will so come deep, you're just very casual. I'm like... <laughs> We're looking to repair. Please continue. The part, yeah. Okay. All I'm thinking about is my past, but please continue. <laughs> we'll we'll do that another time, yeah. another episode. Please. I think that um, that that is why couples often stay together because it, it's working on that unconscious level. But they're often having to compensate in other ways, maybe by having other relationships, or there's you know a lot of rows, or there's a lot of time apart, or they're too close together. But I think if if we recognise that all relationships are just muddle, we're trying to make the best of it because most people are terrified of being on their own, then people will make lots of trade-offs. They will make a judgment call that I'd sooner keep you with Megan Fox in the picture than not have you at all. That might be mm. what some people would, would say. Yeah, we're all kind of like p- patchworks, ever ever-changing patchworks of people and it's kind of okay to like... Because the idea of opening it out and then being like, oh, I want to fold it back in, please. It's like, well, is that a failure? And it's like, no, of course it's not. It's like, so for example, if if your partner uh, did come back and was like, I, I slept with someone and you were like, oh my God, I feel absolute dog shit. Like that would be okay. And it doesn't mean that you have to now be like, well, that's the end of our relationship. It's like, no, no then just the re- next stage is talking. Redo the contract, please. Yeah, yeah. I, the, like, that's ha- I have I mean, some changes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can amend the contract I was, every each year. My hubris. <laughs> my, I overbelieved how good at like, fine I'd be. Was there a single laugh? Was there any yeah. point where there was even an approaching of a laugh? Yeah. Like it's so, oh, yeah, it's so tricky. But because it's, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm quite like traditional in my things, but that's, but it's taken me a long time. Like we've done on the podcast before about, one night stands now I'm always like I didn't like them and I've always been like God I'm so lame you're like no it's just that I don't like them like I need an emotional connection to have sex with someone I absolutely need that 100% so I couldn't go out and have some sort of situation uh, animal situation and then come back and be like I didn't feel anything I would have felt something so Mm. that's the contract that I have but that's very different to your contract clearly and that's fine you know and that's what makes it work I find it just really fascinating but again it goes back to what we were saying right at the beginning which is is it okay to be me? Is it okay, yeah. okay for to me, me to have my pers- my vision of what works for me? And if it is the missionary position, and if it is being in a relationship with just one person and not having one night stands, then that is you. And that's, I mean, I, I that is going to be okay. I, the, <laughs> it's not just the missionary position. <laughs> that's okay. You're I'm lovely, lovely right. no, you're, It is okay. Well, every Thursday. I've just told you. <laughs> it is okay. Position. Yeah, no, I know, I know. Missionary. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Ten wow. minutes. We're going to wrap up now. Then yeah. I need to get ready <laughs> so I can prepare. Get home and prepare. <laughs> Start limbering up. <laughs> um, did you by any chance see the Louis Theroux documentary about polyamory? 
And yes, but quite some time ago. Yeah, I just, I really felt watching it that there was lots of married couples, one of whom was, had asked to open up the relationship and was having a lovely time. Living their best life. And mm. one party who had learnt the word compersion which is um, finding joy in the other person's joy. And wow. he's like incredibly just sad. There's this like one quite famous shot of this incredibly sad man who's desperately in love with his wife, who's asked like 10 years ago to open up the relationship and he never found any partner. She found many of them, one of whom stays every Thursday night. And he's like, Can, do you want a tea? And they're both like, no, we're, we're all good. You, you, you should you should head up and you look tired and you should go to bed. And he's like, okay. And then he just like so forlornly goes upstairs to bed. And I think it gave this like perception of like, at what point do you just like be like, my sadness in the relationship is too much. Like, is it okay to be me? At what point do you have to say the line of like, this is actually killing me, making you happy when mm -hmm. I want to be missionary on Thursday yeah. with just you? Like, at what point do you have to say that? is too important to me and more important than you. I and think what that's a question that a lot of people end up asking themselves in a relationship is at what point do I have to say that I don't think I'm being treated with respect or I don't like you drinking or I don't like the way in which you talk to me or I don't like the fact that you don't support me with your mother and people's thinking to themselves, can I do this for another 20 or 30 years? Or have I got to give myself the chance to find someone who does make me feel valued, who doesn't mm. say horrible things to me when they've been drinking? Um, so I, again, I think whatever you might be asking me around in the realms of polyamory and non-monogamy is actually just a variation on what any conversation happens yeah. in a, God. in romantic relationships because because we do make lots of compromises and, and a lot of those compromises are, are around, I don't want to be out there again on my own. And that was a line given to me by a friend of mine many, many, many years ago who cancelled her wedding. Mm. I mean, what a brave thing to do mm. when, you know, all the announcements have gone, where the invitations have gone oh, out and that kind of stuff. But the thing that held, the reason why it got to the pitch of, of having to do it at such late notice or late in the day was that she had not really wanted to ever be out there dating again and I think that fear of being on their own fear of being lonely fear of regret that holds a lot of people back from saying I am not being valued or treated respectfully in this relationship and I need to get out and therefore that man who I, I, I do remember that I do remember it being very sad but I also remember thinking and he can't leave because the the pain of leaving he imagines will be greater mm, than, the than the pain he's, he's now in. going through. Whereas he's made the decision that he will put up with that. This pain. To stay in its worth. Because it. the other pain, which he d which is more abstract. Whereas I was reading uh, a great book yesterday called Battle Ready. It's a motivational book. He's, this guy was in the SAS and it's uh, very much about, you know, harnessing your mind. And right at the end, he, he mentions somebody he did know, a, a woman who'd been on a course with him. And uh, she had said uh, something like, yeah, and I left my husband after reading one of your books. And he was like, oh, gosh, I'm really sorry. And she said, no, 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 it was the best thing. It was, you know, short-term pain for long-term gain. Yeah. And that's... You know, that's how some people will need to reframe it in order to get out. But if they can't reframe it, then they'll have to stay. Yeah, of course. That's such a wise way of you. I mean, you've been so incredibly wise this whole time, but that's that then being like, if you can't reframe it, you have to stay. At no point have you said he should leave or this should happen or you must be brave or you should make this decision for yourself. You've just said, 
if you can't reframe it, then you have to stay. And you're like looking at that sad man. You're like, he'll, he has to stay now because he's decided this pain is this. And you've not, I guess that must be such a, a part of your work that you don't bring your opinion to the table with a couple and be like, obviously leave. You have to be like, <laughs> you've made this decision and this is where your level of pain is at. And you've decided your current pain is smaller than your perceived pain when you when you go. Yeah. I just think that, uh, yeah. I and just, also the, with the polyamory, we've talked a lot about the person that makes the decision, but the person who, who it's brought to mm. and then, you know, has to evaluate whether they're still having a nice time each time and whether the, if there is pain there or if it's difficult, is it dif- is it too difficult for them? Like, is it worth the relationship difficult? You know, mm. like that kind of stuff. It's like a constant balancing, but like, like, like you say, that's with everything, you know? Like, so yeah. it's just like another category of, am I willing to put up with this? Like, is is yeah. this, and, and like, you know, we do it in our relationships all the time. Like someone will say something or want to do something like, okay, do I, well, like, really? Okay, yeah, I, think, I like them more than, than that decision that you just I did. Think, I think that is really the overall theme of this, episode because Mm. even though maybe the headline was about saying we're going to talk today about something that maybe you don't really know very much about or feels a bit out there actually what I'm here to say is it's no more out there than any other conversations that you may have had with your partner about anything else Mm. Uh, and that's the nature of relationships it's a constant evaluation a, a negotiation of where we're at and where we're going and that's what makes relationships so beautiful. It makes what's make them so challenging, I guess. And no relationship is perfect. That's the key thing. Mm. So just make sure you're in one that makes you feel you're able to show up as your best self. Brilliant. What a great place to end. Oh, gosh. Thank you so much, Lucy. That was so fascinating. It was really eye-opening and I'm excited to listen to your TED Talk. Oh my gosh, yeah. Immediately we're all going to go and watch your TED Talk. Um, where would you, where can people, people find you if they want? Do, do you have any like social media? Yes, I'm on Twitter. Great. At Lucy Beresford. Great. And on Instagram, the Lucy Beresford one. Also, if you're interested in married dating, then Ashley Madison is the site I imagine that you go to. And do you, um, are you currently accepting new clients and people who want to come see you in a one-on-one basis? Yes, I'm always, always always interested in having a conversation. Yes. Always interested in having a conversation. That's That's so nice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Excellent. Great. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening and and we'll see you all later. I'm off to draft up a comms contract. Fantastic. I'm off to meet Daniel Craig. (laughs) I'm off to to punch Megan Fox. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Hi, I'm Lucy Beaumont. And guess what? I'm Sam Campbell. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you might enjoy our podcast. It's called Lucy and Sam's Perfect Brains. It, we have a podcast and uh, it might be, uh, I probably don't want to sound, um, you know, like I'm bragging, but it's dynamite. It is electric. It's high voltage. And please, we really need you to listen. You don't understand how much we need this. Is it on all the platforms? Oh, it absolutely is. But um, yeah, we, th- this one is coming. This one's out now. Lucy and Sam's Perfect Brains.